Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 93. The 44-man England training squad uh, has been announced for the recent camp and we've got a few things we'd like to discuss. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, another another bit of a long break between episodes. Uh, apologies, it's been a bit of a busy summer. Um, there's not been a huge amount to talk about, so we don't want to keep repeating ourselves. So we thought we'd um, leave another leave, leave another gap. Keep you wanting more. Um, I'm joined, of course, by Dan. Hi, mate. Hi, mate. Yeah, we're playing uh, our sort of amateur psychology games on everyone. <laughs> playing class. hard to get, mate. Playing hard to get. Yeah, well, it doesn't seem to be working with the ladies, so we might sort of try it on the pod, hey? It doesn't. It doesn't seem to be working with the pod either. We've had no new reviews, people. What's going on? We were getting we were we were on a bit of a roll. We were getting all these amazing five star reviews, and now it's all silent. Well, actually, we have. I we got one from. A, I got a, a Facebook message. Okay, um, nice. From, from from someone, which I'll read out. But before I do that, first I want to ask, how was the cricket? It was good. It was fun. I mean, we picked a pretty good day for it. We were expecting not to see very much because uh, the forecast said rain all day. In the end, we saw England destroy the Indians. They they really took them apart, didn't they? Yeah, it was good. It was good, but but we're not here to talk cricket, are we? So uh, no, we're not Eddie Jones. <laughs> let's uh, let, let's let's crack on. Let, let me uh, read this review because actually it's a good one. It's from a guy called Chris Woods. Yeah. Um, but bear with me one sec. I'm just going to pull it up. Um, so let me just find her. This is, this is the well, way we roll, people. This is the way we roll. Organised, yeah, yeah, clinical, <laughs> professional. <laughs> I just keep everyone entertained. <laughs> I, I actually can't. For some reason, I had it half a second ago. I can't find it, but I know pretty much what it said. So it's a guy called Chris Woods. And Chris, thanks very much for getting in touch. And the he was basically he, like a really nice review. And we really appreciate that, Chris. Thanks a lot. But... His question was, it was around uh, sort of the number 10 spots and we're saying that we've mentioned a lot about them, but, you know, following the under 20 World Cup, we haven't mentioned the likes of Marcus Smith or perhaps any of the other youngster 10s. And what are our thoughts on sort of Marcus Smith as a potential sort of England 10 or World Cup uh, 10? Now, so this is my, this is my thought. I'll, I'll say mine, then uh, you jump in. So, Marcus Smith, I think, is an absolutely brilliant talent, and he's got a lot going for him. The reason I haven't really mentioned him is I just, at the moment, don't think he's in the running for a World Cup 10 spot. I agree. I think um, he's he is the future of of the England 10 shirt, particularly if things go the way that we want them to go, which is with Danny Cipriani as England's starting 10, because Danny Cipriani is no spring chicken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Danny Cipriani. But I, I think the thing is, when we're chatting 10, we are very much sort of focusing upon, you know, the World Cup and who's going to be who's going to be the, yeah. the holder of the jersey for that. And at the moment, I can't see Eddie going beyond George Ford, Danny Cipriani or perhaps Owen Farrell. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's such a key position. Um, and whilst he has the skills... 
And he will be a world-class fly half. I, I genuinely believe that. I, I just think that lack of experience, um, and you know, there'll be people saying, yeah, but how does he get experience unless you play him? Um, and that's a fair point. But this this is not the time to, to effectively blood new players unless you have to. Um, yeah. And I think experience trumps um, sort of the ability to have these moments of genius, which in fairness is kind of what Danny Cipriani always was. You know, it, yeah. it, it was, it was, do you select this young gun? And okay, he, he was a bit cocky and people didn't necessarily like him where Marcus Smith is a little bit different, but you know, he was that, again, that guy, that raw talent that could, that could change a game, but in either direction, depending on how things panned out. Um, but he lacked the experience and the kind of the smart head on his shoulders. Um, I think Marcus Smith, to his credit, is is a little bit further along than Danny Cipriani was. But I think that added experience that you get with a Cipriani or a Ford or a Farrell, if that's the way you're going, trumps the the kind of the raw the raw skill that you get from Marcus Smith right now. Um, so I think it's it's going to be a case of post World Cup, like always seems to be the case. There'll be a number of retirements, and I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if Danny Cipriani's one of them. Um, we'll see what happens. And I think at that point, Amarka Smith becomes a key part of the England setup. Looking forward to twenty-three. That, that'll be the one. Quick, quick bit of maths there, plus four. Yeah, but, well, lucky well, I've mate. got my calculator in front of me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah good for you, mate. Good for you. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a fair point. Though. It's a good question because. He's like Marcus Smith. We we got to give him his credit. He held his own in the Premiership last year. I mean, yeah. make no mistakes about it. He he had some great games, and he wasn't out of place. And I think if you gave him an England top, I think he could do a job. And oh. I don't think he'd be completely out of his depth. I just don't think. But he'd... is he going to lead the team? Exactly. I don't think he'd be able to marshal the team like a uh, Danny Cipriani could. Like in fairness, a, a George Ford could do because, to a yeah. greater extent. I think the thing with George Ford is, you know. He... You still look at him from the outside, and he looks like, he looks like a kid. But he's been there a long time now, so he's kind of earned yeah. the respect of the team. Um, and I think that's something that we don't have time to give Marcus Smith between now and the World Cup. That's the problem. So while they're all professionals, I, I, and then they were gonna, they're going to listen to him as a ten, are they going to listen to him as an experienced player? You know, who's who's been there and done it, and it, and can and can speak from experience rather than kind of theoretical you should be here or you should be there or you should be doing this or you should be doing that I, I wouldn't worry about people listening to him I just don't think he's necessarily been blooded as much as as, as you'd hope to someone to marshal England to World Cup victory yep. um, and and this guy Chris Chris thanks for the thing and it's a really fair point he's saying that he's booking his tickets to the World Cup final in Japan so we have another believer which is always nice. always great that is good um Right, so looking at the other stuff, so I guess the big news, and, and we, we are a bit behind because this has been and gone, but is looking at that training squad that Eddie took to, I think it was Teddington, wasn't it, for a few days? For... Yeah, it was, a, it was a slightly bizarre one. It was, yeah, it was a training camp officially, but I think a big part of it was it was less about the, the physical part of training and more about, I think, the psychological and the to, to sort of just getting the group together to discuss the future, discuss going forwards, discuss what you know what's going to be happening between now and the World Cup, and and what the expectations are, um, and and just kind of get a 
I guess, get a feel for where the players are. I mean, maybe we we talked to talked about it quite a bit about how the, the team just seems a little, a bit lackluster, um, and maybe that's been noted. And they're sort of saying, "Look, we need to do something about this because this should be the biggest honour." You know, maybe it was a real kind of geeing up the the, the guys, but there were some fairly big omissions. Yeah, there were some big omissions. So, should, should we start with? So initially, Eddie has put a list of not considered disruptions due to injury, fitness, or other. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, we've had a chat. We don't necessarily need to go through them all, sort of one by one. But quite a few of them have either just come back from injury, are still slightly nursing an injury. So it makes sense that they're not necessarily involved. But one that didn't seem to have sort of fit into that category yet was put in that list was Danny Kerr. Yeah, that was a bizarre one. Um, Danny Kerr was fit for South Africa and not selected. Um, I believe yeah. when it first happened, Eddie kind of said, fitness isn't quite where it needs to be. You just need to work on a few things. Going to rest you. Um, you know, and it was sort of palmed off as a little bit of a, you know, to t- have a break this summer and, and come back fresh next year. Um, Danny Kerr, by all accounts, wasn't overly happy about that. Um, in, ter- in terms of, you know, he he really wanted to play, um, so he was disappointed. Um, but yeah, I, I'd always assumed that he would just come straight back in after after the tour. So I was surprised so, to see him omitted again because he's definitely still fit. Yeah, he's still fit. But, but maybe that's it. Maybe Eddie's sort of saying, and, and we're speculating. Maybe he's saying, look, you've had a good preseason. Stick it out get that going and we'll, we'll take it from there because I, I wonder this training squad, I, I just wonder how much weight we should put behind this squad. I, I'm just not convinced. I mean, there's a few looking at the back. So there's a few I love. I love the fact Chris Ashton is back involved. Yep. I, I really like that. I love the fact Danny Cipriani is back in there. I mean, it would have been ridiculous if he wasn't, but there's, there's a few. So there's a uh, Gabriel Ibotoya for Quins. Yep. Um, there's Jordan Oluwafela for Leicester Tigers. I apologise, guys, if I'm uh, pronouncing the names wrong. But I mean, Gabriel Ibotoya. I, I know I, I saw him a couple of. I, when I say saw him, I've seen clips of him. He looks good. He looks like he could be a threat. But he's a winger. I don't think that there's a reality of him actually being involved. Well, that's the thing, yeah. Can you look past Johnny May at the moment? No. Can you look past Johnny May, Chris Ashton? And then when you've got the others back, you've got the Watsons, you've got the Jack Knowles, you've got Elliot Daly's, you've even got Mike Brown, he's looking at the wing. Yeah, I, I can see the point if these guys maybe that there's something for the future. Should there be injuries? Should you have an amazing season? Yeah, it's you've probably, also got in that. I was going to say, it's probably important, important to point out this is a 44 man squad. And yeah. he, he's never going to select 44 men, whether it's for the World Cup or the Autumn International. I think, you know, the Autumn International squad will be, what, 36, 33, something like that? But probably be nearer 34, yeah. Um, so, you, you know, there's ten. There's a, there's a good 10 guys here who are not going beyond having a, a, a bit of a, you know, a bit of a training session now and possibly won't even be involved in the September training camp because he probably will drop the numbers down a bit. I don't know how exactly they're going to do it. but So, yeah, I, I suspect for a lot of the young the young guys who, like you're saying, we can't really see a place for them despite them being good, I suspect we might find that um, 
they're there just to kind of have that experience of being around the, the team. Yeah, and and I think I think that's probably I think that's probably what what's very much in mind. Um, because just, there are a lot. Of, yeah, go on. So I was going to say there are a lot of links. So on top of that, and like we were saying, you've got Ashton, you've got Johnny May, you've got the guys injured who'll be back soon, but you've also got Joe Cockner seeing uh, Nathan Earl in there as well. So there are a lot of wings uh, involved in that squad. Yeah, yeah. So unless you yeah, unless you're going to try something crazy and play a whole back line of wingers, which which he's not going to do. Sevens. Um, yeah, it's a it's a slightly bizarre one. Uh, so two two things, just quickly before I go on to it though. Um, just with the exclusions, I agree. Like, let's not go through and list them all. But actually, for anyone who doesn't know this, you know the likes of Jonathan Joseph and Jack Null, um, you know who are not included. But as far as we're aware, of fit. They've just come back from injury, so they might be fit enough to be involved with their clubs. Eddie Jones, by all accounts, is saying go and get kind of um, you know international level match fit. Uh, Brad Shields, people saying, oh, Brad Shields immediately dropped after one performance in South Africa. Not sure that's the case. Um, his contract with the Hurricanes committed him to staying with them until the end of the season, but they allowed him to go on the uh, the England tour to South Africa. So when he got back from South Africa, he went straight back to New Zealand to finish up his contract over there. So I'm pretty sure he's, he wasn't involved in the training camp because he had club duties in New Zealand. So I'm sure we'll see him. Which is um, Manu yeah. Uh, he obviously endless injuries, most recent of which was knee surgery. Uh, but he's doing pre or he was in pre season. They expect they expect he'll be back probably by the beginning of September. He'll obviously then need to go and get fit and not get injured again. But I'm pretty sure that Eddie Jones still has an eye firmly on a on a Manny Tuilagi um, centre role. So watch this space on that one because that's both you and I want that, and I think we will see it as long as he can stay fit. Um, oh my god! If we could have Manu and Billy back firing on all cylinders on top form, yeah. I would literally. Well, speaking of Billy, I don't. I haven't actually found anything about his injury status, um, but I believe he was due back for the beginning of the season-ish. So if he's not back in training already, I think it's meant to be quite soon. Um, so I'm sure. Again, come the September training camp, he may well be involved. We shall see. Um, and Anthony well, Watson the, was the, was the last one because you actually said you you read something to suggest that what was initially uh, suggested to be a six six months out, which would have had him back mid September. You think it's been extended? You think it's it's worse than they thought? I could be bullshitting. That's okay. Um, I, I I thought I'm sure I heard that somewhere, but I haven't seen anything else since. So I I haven't watched his face. Don't quote me on that, but I'm I'm positive I read or heard somewhere. That actually, he's not now likely to be back till nearer sort of Christmas New Year time. Okay, but fine. like I say, that so possibly like, be, for the Six Nations, if he hasn't lost his shirt, possibly then is when he's looking to be back. But again, that could just be me thinking I've heard something and imagining it in my head. But it's fine, some some of the best news reporting's done that way. Yeah, exactly, By exactly. No, that's the best <laughs> way to go about it. So, yeah, so guys, there's a few, um, few names that perhaps you were thinking, well, hang on, what about this guy and what about that guy? That, that as far as we can tell, there's some explanations for you there. Why have we still got no Don Armand? <sighs> Damn. Talk to me. Talk to me, Andy. I don't, know what know. To, I don't know what to tell you. I think you need to reach out to the man himself, Eddie, that is, not Don Armand, um, and find out what's going on because we have 
we've given Eddie every opportunity. We've given him the benefit of the doubt, left, right, and centre. And actually, that's that brings me on to the, the point I wanted to make about a couple of the inclusions. So, Dan Robson and Ben Spencer, both scrum halves, uh, both went on tour to South Africa. Both were at the training camp uh, a few weeks ago. You and I had a fairly in-depth discussion about this during the tour, where we said. Firstly, we said, you know, you, I think, were saying, why the hell is Dan Robson not being given any game time? Um, you know, he's out there, he's on tour, he's not being included, he's not even on the bench. Ben Spencer kept getting put on the bench. Um, Dan Robson, nowhere to be seen. And we kind of came up with this theory in order to give Eddie the benefit of the doubt. We said, well, that maybe, despite how good he is in the, in the Premiership, maybe he's just not gelling with the team right. And so he's not been included. You know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Well, clearly that's not the case because he's included him again. But I think that then has to take us back to what we were saying before, which is why the hell was he not used at all in South Africa? Yeah, I love the way we come up with theories with absolute no sort of basis to come up with those theories. But I still like the fact we do that. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't. Dan, Dan Robson seems as if he could. I, when I watch him play for Was and when, when he's on fire. There is no part of me that doubts he wouldn't be able to handle it at international level. I'm not saying Ben Spence can't, but if if he's involved, give him a shot. Let's see what he's got. It's not as if it's not as if Ben Youngs was smashing it out in South Africa. I mean, that may be made harder because we're on the back foot a lot, maybe because he was against and being compared to Faf de Klerk, who was absolutely world class. But I agree. Um, I think that, that that's kind of irrelevant because the point is is that you've yeah, taken this guy on tour and I and I, I I'm a big advocate of not playing everyone just for the sake of playing everyone. Um, you know, if if you have you know play your best team or your best sort of twenty three, um, but I kind of think if if you're going to take him on tour, you know, and he's been a bit of a shining light in the Premiership, and then you choose not to use him at all, how do you then justify keeping him involved? Like. I just I don't understand. You you haven't seen him in an England shirt. You chose not to use him in an England shirt, but you want to keep him around. Why? Maybe maybe Eddie's doing what we're doing and playing hard to get. Maybe 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 Dan Robson is his secret weapon. It could be. It could be just World Cup final. Um, Everyone will be like Dan Robson, first cap. What, what's going on here? Yeah, <laughs> man of the match, man of the tournament. Yeah, golden boot equivalent. I don't know what they call it in rugby. Um, Okay. Golden boots, yeah. So, anyway. so <laughs> what is going? Like, I'm not unhappy about it, but he's clearly got a bit of a plan because he's also brought back some of the old guard. Hartley, glad to see him back. I think I think he's needed. I think we need his captaincy. We've talked about that a lot. We won't go into it again. But he's back from injury. We were concerned that, or you were concerned that that might be the end of his career. Clearly, it's not. He's back in. James Haskell also gets the call up. We've always been big fans of James Haskell. He's back in. I'm, I'm happy with any squad that Haskell's involved in. Do we think Eddie Jones sees James Haskell as a genuine possible World Cup test player? Or do I we think, think so. it's more I... an experience thing? And that's not me saying that I think one way or the other. That's just me posing the question for the purposes of giving us something to talk about on the pod. I... <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> um, I... Uh, I... I think the thing about James Haskell for me is I think he's got the best attitude out there. He's he's staying there. He's going to Northampton. James Haskell will always fight for his spot. I mean, he's not everyone's cup of tea. As it happens, you and I both love the guy, but he will always give it his all. And, and I think James great Haskell tourist. can still... 
What's that? And a great Taurus. A, a great Taurus, uh, the Archbishop of Banterbury. <laughs> um, but he, I, I think James Haskell can still play at that level, and I think he can still add massive value at that level. Like I say, any team with James Haskell involved, any squad with James Haskell involved, I'm happy with. Is, is he the best? Is he going to be the best player? I, I don't know. There, there arguably are people who are playing slightly better rugby at the moment. There arguably are people who might suit Eddie Jones' style a bit more. But if James Haskell is there or thereabouts, I think you know he will give it his team. all. And if he's involved, you know you're going to get you, you're going to get a performance <laughs> from him. And as we saw in Australia a couple of years back. Yeah. Those performances can sometimes be absolutely game, epic. Game changers. Yeah. So yeah, so so yeah, it's been interesting. There hasn't been a huge amount of feedback following um, the training camp. I think the one in September is is the big one because I think that's much that's going to be much more focused on what we expect to see for the autumn internationals. Um, but uh, yeah, as, as I say, there wasn't a lot of. Playing rugby on this at this camp, as far, as far as I can tell, it was it was more a sort of a psychological exercise just to get everyone together. So I, yeah, I don't know don't know which way he's going to be swinging. Um, I, I suspect a lot of those names that we've looked at that that's, that, uh, that's that would, a that's a weird way to to phrase it. But go on. What? Which way he's swinging? <laughs> yeah. Get your mind well, out. Okay, the Carry on, carry on, please, just, sir. Just because just you do stuff like that at the weekend doesn't mean that Eddie does. Um, You've got to keep yourself busy. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, so, yeah, I don't know which way he's going to go, but um, I suspect a lot of the names that we've, that we've mentioned, the kind of the young blood, the new names and things that are coming in, it's it's almost like he he's kind of has a handful of guys that he's never going to include. What did he call them before? Apprentices. Apprentice players? Yeah, he's called. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't named any his apprentice players. No, he this hasn't. Time. But, but I, but I you, wonder if well, that's because someone told him. Yeah, I wonder if someone you. said to him, "You can't do that." It's bent. Stop mugging us off. Yeah, so stop, stop being. But so the one that surprises me in the forwards, and it, this guy's a good player. Firstly, I didn't realise he was English. I thought he was South African, but it's Michael Rhodes for Saracens. So I know he's South African with respect to. I mean, he's clearly got an English connection and yeah. is eligible to play for England, but. He's 30 years old, plays Saracens, and does a good job for them, and and has played well. Um, why he's now suddenly part of the squad, I'm not entirely sure. I'm not. I, I don't. Do you, do you Eddie I, just I, likes I, to I throw in a couple of red herrings. Um. Well, he, I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. maybe I mean. Look, I, I didn't see enough of Michael Rhodes last season. Maybe he had the best season ever, and his stats were absolutely outstanding. I, I don't know. So maybe he just like I, to I chuck can't... in a couple of people that he knows is going to get the media going. What the hell? Who's this? What's going on? And that way, they're not focusing on everything else, and he can then. Who? I mean, I just I wouldn't put it past him. Maybe he's just mugging off South Africa. Oh, there's another there's another guy you could call up to your squad because uh, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, he's a great player and he's played well for Saracens. I think he's been at Saracens for about two, three years now. Yeah. I think it was like 2015 he joined Saracens, um, and and he's always been like a stalwart of their team. But it was never somebody whose name has been shot about like this guy must be in the squad. It's not like a you know Don Armand for example. Everyone's like, come on, this guy's got to be there. But um. He's there as a six. I believe he plays six. So if you're looking at a seven, you've got the likes of Underhill there. You've got the likes of Tom Curry. 
Mark Wilson. And then you're looking at six. You've got Rob Shaw, Haskell, I guess you're looking yeah. at as a six. Rose, it's got, it's got uh, Brad Shields. You've Brad got Shields quite an old school. Back. You've got quite an old school uh, sort of group of sixes there, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. No. But, uh, yeah. It's very difficult to predict what he's doing, isn't it? This is what I've, what I've sort of really learned is. from doing this pod. Is that, yeah, since Eddie Jones has taken over, we thought we had it all figured out. And every time you think you've got it figured out with Eddie Jones, he, he throws something new in the mix and you think, what? Um, and frustratingly, often that thing that he's throwing in is actually something he's taking out. And you're going, why on earth is, you know, why is Don Armand not involved? Why is uh, Alex Good, or as you like to call him, Alex Good, or as he perhaps likes to be called? Um, I, I, I believe he likes to be called that. Well, then maybe he should take the E off the end of his name. I, I don't think he gets, I don't think he gets the discretion to do that. Yeah, you can go and change your name. Well, okay, he could go and change his yeah. name. But well, I think, so, I think so, so you heard it here first. He, he officially should change his name if he wants to be Alex Good. Uh, okay. Or, cool. or, or, or I can call you uh, Dan Wood. I, I, I would like that. Okay, well, let's do that from now on. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's, let's move yeah, on from this training squad all. because we've left this so long that actually uh, we're midway through August. So the, the next training camp's happening in a couple of weeks, which is probably when we'll bring out, bring out our next episode. Because uh, we've got a fair bit going on between now and then. Um, so, what else? It's been a bit, a bit of chat about the, from the RFU, isn't there? There's all this. I mean, I don't want to go into too much because I think, to be honest, it's just boring. But um, suddenly, we're hearing that the RFU is struggling financially, and they're having to make redundancies left, right, and centre. And woe is rugby, and all, you know, I, I, what do you make of all this? So, uh, yeah, I believe they've reduced their staff from around. 570, 570 members of staff to around 500. Um, now, I, from, from what I understand, uh, none of these redundancies or none of the, any financial thing is going to affect Eddie Jones and the elite squad. Um, so, firstly, that's great. Secondly, I don't really understand <clears throat> why this happened. You know, it wasn't that long ago with a Richard Union world we're making £400 million a year or profit or whatever pre-tax profit or whatever it was and now suddenly we're in financial disarray um i know there's been a lot of sort of noise about it because i believe it was one of the ex-chairmen who was coming to look at it but he hasn't been involved for however many years, years maybe doesn't, since 2010 yeah, eight years maybe doesn't really understand what the current setup is but i actually have the solution to this anyway okay. so it's all irrelevant so Go on the RFU website, and all the writing on it is in a light, a light grey. You can't even read the bloody thing without going in. If they wrote in black, they'd get ten times the amount of traffic. They could get ten times the amount of advertising. There's your revenue made up, job done. And we only want ten percent. Yeah, ten percent. Yeah, that's all we ask for. Just ten percent. All you need to do is change it to black rather than grey. Uh, even now, I've got that training squad up, and I literally have to lean into it. I've got pretty good eyesight. Well, I, I don't know why I'm having to fight to have to read an article on the RFU website. There you go. Let's hope someone from the RFU is listening and uh, does something about it. And if they do, we will definitely be talking about it yeah, and yeah, tweeting about it and emailing about it and everything else. Um, okay, what else? So we're going we're gonna to assume that everything's fine. 
Um, and that once they change the color of the font on the website, problem solved, uh, and we can focus back on, on the rugby again. Yeah, revenue doubles, everything's fine, etc., nice. etc. Et so, one thing I actually wanted to to bring up, and again, I may get the, the guy's name wrong. And this is something that sort of bugged me the other day. So, there's a player, I believe his name's Tom Brady. He played, played for Leicester, um, and he's actually he got released by Leicester, and he was uh, doing a trial at Sale Sale Sharks, and he was playing for Sale Jets, which is their second team equivalent in a friendly sort of preseason friendly. And he was saying, and this is absolutely disgusting, but during the match, there was some fan who was giving his sort of wife, and I believe his kids were there as well, and was being quite abusive to them about him, and was being quite rude. Now, firstly, if you're that fan, you're an absolute dickhead. Don't ever go to a rugby match again. In actual fact, just go and lock yourself away because you're a prick. But is this is this starting to creep into rugby more and more? I because you know you heard about like the fans abusing uh, Mike Brown and uh, Joe Marler, yeah. like the, like the, the Scottish guys who had a bit of uh, Eddie Jones, who have now that, been who have now been um, prosecuted, um, fined, but uh, but yeah, they 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 were prosecuted. So they did yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, that's not overplay. They they probably didn't deserve any hard time. Because <laughs> well, ultimately, I don't know. It's Eddie Jones. <laughs> But um, yeah, still. But no, is, is this mean. something creeping into rugby more? Or are we just hearing about it more because of the nature of, of Social media like accessibility? And, yeah, yeah, probably a little bit of both. Uh, it, it probably is creeping in a little bit more. Uh, the game is becoming much more accessible. Not just not just the news, but the, you know, more and more people are are getting into it. It's, it's you know, we're building up to a World Cup, so there's a lot more chatter. Um, it was a second team, so it's probably you know, it, it, it's it's not quite as as professional a, a sport at that level um, which probably has a bit of a no, impact surely it's more diehard fans who'd be there people who want to watch the rugby more who'd be there rather than somebody just there to and like, uh, yeah, no, I, know, I know what you mean I mean I think there's there's always going to be there's always going to be one isn't there um, yeah and you probably it probably is more I still don't. I, w- I still wouldn't go to a rugby match thinking, "Oh, I hope I'm not one of the unlucky ones that ends up in a part of the stadium where everyone's hurling abuse." Because I don't think that would happen anywhere nah, in the stadium. Yeah, I agree so, with that. I think it probably is happening a little bit more um, with with accessibility and people finding out more about rugby and also the price of tickets. You know, you can go to a major sporting event, rugby, and it's a lot cheaper than going to one if it's football, for example. But, well, you say that, you say that, the, the, the rugby still. tickets are getting, are getting really expensive. I believe now a Twickenham ticket is over 100 quid. Yeah. Well, so maybe that, maybe, maybe that puts that argument to bed then. It's not that one. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, I'm hoping it's just we happen to be hearing about the knobheads that are acting this way um, and it's not creeping in. But, um, yeah, hard to know. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too worried yet. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not yet. But I but just, it's, it's, it's certainly not the, it's not the sort of the posh public school elite sport that it that it used to be, and that's a good thing. Um, but with that, probably it does, it does mean that you, you know, it's not just a bunch of toffs on the sideline either. Yeah, and and I get that, but <clears throat> you know, this, this guy, this. Uh, Sort of, and, and let, let me just check. I, I'm looking it up. I believe the guy's name is Tom Brady. He's, you, you know, <clears throat> he, he made a good point actually, which I like. 
he wonders whether this guy would have been, you know, such a such a hero if it had been his dad and uncles who were sitting there rather than his his wife. wife. Kids, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. You, you know, his hero. Yeah. So the guy's name. Yeah, his his family were verbally abused on the sidelines. Um, his wife and mother. Wow. I mean, that's absolutely pathetic. And yeah. and you've got to feel for the guy. The guy's playing. Um, you, you know, the guy's really playing and looking to. Do we, do we know what it, what it is he supposedly has done to to warrant the abuse? Like, was no, it an incident I mean, or? I, I I don't know if it was just something that happened during the game, but also I mean, with, with all due respect to the guy, I mean the guy's a good player, but he's at the moment he's unattached. Um, so I, I I'm surprised that somebody necessarily knows who his wife and mum are. Yeah. Um, but. You know, he said both were very upset by the conversation, which is fully understandable, completely understandable, and it, and it's pathetic. And I I feel for the guy because you know the guy's just out there trying to play some rugby, trying to get his next contract, and then you've got some absolute dickhead like hurling abuse at his, at his wife and mother. And uh, I I just didn't like it, mate. It didn't sit well. No, fair enough. I don't think that anyone should like it. It should never sit well. Um, but yeah, we just I guess you know. Hopefully the, the positive fans and the ones that enjoy the game the way it's supposed to be enjoyed will always uh, outnumber these kinds of people and um, and the game can continue to be accessible to everyone because that's what's so great about it. Yeah, so if you are that um, fan who did that, please write in to us so we can then uh, tell you to go fight yourself and not respond to you. Um, but it it's... Uh, but. Either way, either way, let, let's move on from that. Let, let's move on to the positive. So, the season's coming up, yeah. and I think we've got—I think we've got a brilliant season ahead, mate. Like, obviously, it's the sort of World Cup season as such. Yes. Um, there's going to be some interesting things. The thing I'm most looking forward to is seeing Cipriani at ten at Gloucester. I just there's something about this Gloucester team this year that I think could could have a really good season and if it, and if they have a good season and Has, Cipriani and, and James Haskell's there as well right no Haskell's at Northampton of course he is of course he is um yeah so he's he's at Northampton but they've got Dan Bigger there so that's yeah. another one so you know if Gloucester could have a really good season really positive season playing well Cipriani on fire get, getting his confidence up he doesn't strike me as somebody who needs to have you know who, who needs to necessarily needs that huge boost to always put in a performance. But if that happens, he could be a dangerous player. Um, and I'm I'm quite excited about that. And also, like you say, uh, Haskell at Northampton. Yeah. Uh, Dan Bigger there. If Northampton, Northampton need to do a lot better than they did last year. And if they do... Um, yeah, we want to see some good Haskell things from Courtney Laws. We want him back. I feel like he was missed. Yes. You know, he was right. Just, just when he was starting to just fire as well and... and he, Injury meant that, yeah, we we missed out on that in South Africa. So I want to see big things from him, um, and I think Hartley as well. I could, you know, it'd be nice just to see him get the media off his back. You know, now that he's sort of almost like we're now calling for him, where where before before the tour, everyone was saying Hartley's past it, he's over the hill, get rid of him. I feel like now everyone's going, we need Hartley back because we need a captain. Yeah, and so hopefully with with, so with, with, with the media behind him. Um, he can put in some performances and uh, and, and yeah, get get back to winning ways. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good season. Uh, there's some good international rugby. Hopefully, England get back into winning ways. Um, 
and and who knows you know a special performance in the autumn um could see opinions change across the yeah you know, throughout the world if we can get the, the one in particular right <laughs> so uh, i'm i'm looking yes. forward to seeing what they can do and i'm still confident i still think particularly with these guys who are all sort of excluded because of fitness but are now back playing again we get if we can, if we can get if we can pick our team from our genuine full strength side it's going to be very interesting to see what england can do again um, and i think we'll see england of old as in beginning of Eddie Jones's uh, tenure. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it, it's a tough autumn. It is a tough autumn because you've got South, South Africa, Africa, Australia, New Zealand, and Australia, New Zealand. And Japan. Um, yeah, who, the, who the Japan is... one, we, we, we have to win the Japan one. And, we, and, and I'm sure we will. Yeah. But I think, um, I think you know, respect respect them both because we're going over there for the World Cup and, and we want to be, be their second team at the World Cup. Yeah, because it's always a bonus, and I think with Eddie Jones, behind, you know, at our helm, that's that's a bonus for us. Um, so uh, you know, and then any any nation at the home World Cup, apart from England, apparently, have the advantage. You know, have that home advantage. <laughs> oh, don't, if we, don't if we can get a bit of a a bit of a sort of um, makeshift home advantage from the Japanese, that'd be awesome. So I think, yeah, show them respect. Yes. Put out put out a full strength side against them. Don't don't treat it as a as a second team game. Um, and uh, and yeah, let's see let's see what happens. Yeah, it'll be a good one because there's less than three weeks till the Premiership starts again. Looking forward to it, guys. Yeah. Thanks for joining us again, um, as always, and particularly given that we're oh messages, particularly as we're a little low on reviews. Um, get over to iTunes, drop us a review, let us know what you think, let us know what you want us to talk about. You can email us. Uh, uh, what are we? We're we're EnglandRugbyPod at gmail.com. Um, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, at England Rugby Pod. Um, and yeah, just uh, spread the word, spread the love. Um, we're just, you know, we're always looking for new listeners. Um, and, uh, and stay in touch, get involved. Yeah, thanks so much, guys.